Hello, and welcome to the Justice and Coffee podcast, the podcast where we talk justice over coffee with some truly inspirational people. On this episode, I talk with Laura Monaghan, the founder of The Liberty Project. Laura is a friend and an inspiration. She has an amazing story, and I've wanted to get her on the podcast for a long time. However, this episode is slightly different, at least in its objectives. This podcast series aims to inform, enlighten and inspire listeners with the lives of people fighting for justice around the world. And I'm confident this episode will do that, but I'm hoping it will have a very material result too. The Liberty Project is currently in a place called Pemba in northern Mozambique in the coastal Cabo Delgado region. Now, this part of the country has become an increasingly hostile environment. You may have heard about the attack which took place last month in Parma, where dozens of lives were lost. There have been many more smaller scale incidents like this over the past few years. However, in recent months, the attacks have become more sophisticated, pre-planned and strategic in nature. Laura, her staff and service users need to move now. And it's going to cost money for them to do so, money that is not in their budget. This is an evolving picture and we need to respond quickly and decisively. And I want the listeners of this podcast to be part of this. I'm asking you to give to help protect Laura, her staff, and the women and girls whom she serves in Mozambique. So there's a link in the show notes, and you're going to hear all about the project now. But I thought, just for those people who might tune out when I do my little roundup at the end, let me make it clear now. This is a lifetime urgent appeal, and I'm asking for your help. Now let's hear all about it, shall we? Cool, let's do this. (laughs) Laura, (laughs) welcome to the Justice and Coffee podcast. Now, you are joining us for this call from Johannesburg, South Africa. Is that right? I am. So good to be here. We're trying to make this work. We're using a mobile phone, some mobile phone headphones. (laughs) At the moment, we're looking at each other, but we're prepared to lose the video if we've got to, if the internet... (laughs) demands that of us but so far it seems to be holding strong let's hope it stays this way africa and infrastructure it's not our strong point (laughs) yes i've got some familiarity with that so laura how this podcast works i don't know if you've heard it before but the two slices if you imagine it to be a sandwich the first slice and the end slice tend to always be the same the filling is totally up to you but my the first slice in the sandwich is a question which I ask every guest which is how do you take your coffee <laughs> oh gosh I love coffee I am typically being a New Zealand girl a flat white fan that's my go-to and in the absence of a flat white it's a latte <laughs> all the way that's great and I understand you know a little bit about coffee right you in fact you've you've got a a, a sort of coffee shop on the go out there in when you're in your project in Mozambique? Yeah, well, part of what we do is um, equip and train women. So being someone who loves coffee and so believes that cafes are one of the best connection places to be, 
I thought, well, we need to train some baristas. So yeah, that's part of what we do. We haven't got a running coffee shop at the moment, but it's something that we're working towards. And in the meantime, I get a brilliant flat white in Mozambique. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I remember in the early days when we were first getting connected. And to be honest, Laura, I can't remember exactly how and um, when that was now. We've had so much contact in recent weeks and I can't actually remember what the initial connection was. But I remember watching you set up the, the coffee shop and thinking that looks so cool. I wanted to be out there with you and your girls and with the team it's looking it's looking <laughs> great it'd be great when that can be resurrected in some form again absolutely you know how we met we met through somebody that you used to work at a cafe with a friend of mine from New Zealand Jess oh, and yes. so actually we met through coffee look at that <laughs> bringing people together from one side of the world <laughs> at the other yeah I love that I love that about yeah <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that so why don't you start by just giving us a brief overview of this project that you're responsible for for starting and for, for founding in Mozambique although we're talking to you today in Johannesburg why don't you tell us a little bit about this project which is called the Liberty Project and you founded it about five years ago is that right yeah absolutely yep we kicked off in actually June 2016. Um, so this June, it will be our fifth year anniversary. And um, my heart and my passion is bringing women out of, out of backgrounds of exploitation and out of brokenness into a place of real wholeness and them understanding their, their, their identity, that they are loved, that they have extreme value and just helping to equip them actually so that they can be equipped and empowered to then um, explore what it is that they're good at and, and see them find a place where they can be and work that's dignified, that's safe, and that's really empowering. So, yeah, we work with girls who've been exploited um, and abused and more recently, actually, girls that have fled um, a conflict zone in the north of our province or in our province. And, yeah, I'm just really passionate about seeing them find freedom and seeing them just walk out the, the amazing plans that I believe that God has for their lives. Yes. I love it. I love it. And you, you referenced it briefly there about this, this issue with conflict in Mozambique. So Laura has been one of the few people that's had to listen to serious Brin. Most people never meet him. <laughs> Most people don't ever experience that change in demeanor and tone <laughs> and body language and comic value all just imagine i don't know if you've seen harry potter but it's when when uh, is it is, is it a death eater and that you sort of sucks the life out of you and everything goes cold and that's a bit like when i go into security mode so laura and i have been talking <laughs> quite a bit recently because whether or not you're aware mozambique well i'll let laura describe mozambique to you but it's a beautiful country from what i can see it looks gorgeous but it has some real issues and in recent months and not so recent right this this issue of terrorist attacks within the country uh, has been around a few years um, but recently it's sort of getting closer and closer to the work that Laura has been doing in Pemba with the Liberty Project so we've been talking a bit recently Laura haven't we about the security of your project and how we can safeguard it and continue your ability to meet its objectives in providing employment opportunities, counselling support, 
for vulnerable displaced people and women from exploited backgrounds and girls from exploited backgrounds and it's been focused around this this issue of these increasing attacks so why don't you share with listeners who might be unfamiliar with what's been going on in recent months in Mozambique a little bit about the the security landscape over there at the moment yeah gosh well you know Mozambique is the most spectacularly beautiful nation it's a huge country actually it spans 3,000 kilometers in length and so previously actually we've had a really idyllic nation you know it has its third world challenges and and everything else that we are facing in terms of fighting for freedom for women against exploitation but actually in the last three years it's actually been three and a half years now that we have been um, facing a growing insurgency in our province and we are in Cabo Delgado so we're in the northernmost province of Mozambique we are so far, we're two and a half thousand kilometers from the capital, which is at the south that borders South Africa. We're really near the border of Tanzania. And over the last three and a half years, we've been experiencing this group of insurgents that um, is determined to destroy every government infrastructure and to destroy uh, businesses and make a lot of these towns and cities inhabitable, uninhabitable, sorry for locals, for government, for any organisations. And we've seen over 700,000 people displaced. Um, that is over half a million people. You know, when you put that into context, I'm from New Zealand. That is, um, you know, that's nearly the size of our biggest city. And it's like all of these people have had to flee to run for their lives, um, to avoid decapitation, to avoid being um shot to be to avoid losing their lives and a majority of them have lost their homes they've lost everything some of them have lost family members um, and they've been fleeing to our city actually and so until now Pemba has been what we have felt has been a safe haven for refugees for people coming down um, from the northern coast um, but yeah we've been having some serious conversations these last weeks Brent because uh, the situation has been previously what we've felt to be safe um, has changed and this group is becoming more sophisticated they're becoming a lot more um, equipped and unfortunately where we are we don't feel that we've got um, uh, services in place um, departments in place that are going to actually protect our city and to protect us so We've had to make what has been actually a really devastating decision to leave Pemba, to relocate our ministry, to relocate our team, to relocate all of the beneficiaries that we work with to the, the province that is south of Pemba um, for the next couple of years or until we can give, the, you know, give this an opportunity for the circumstances to change, for, for it to be safe for us to return to, to the city we love, to the city that I call home in Mozambique. Um, but we feel like we absolutely need to do this to preserve the lives of those who we work with, those of our team, myself, um, and to just ensure that our work continues. So it's a really hard decision. It's really, really hard. I never thought I'd have to, to make this kind of decision. It's been heavy. And I'm grateful for your expertise because it's something that you can't do alone. Um, but it's important that we protect these girls. And it's important that we continue this work. And actually, this is the cool thing is that this province that we're going to is, is filling up very quickly with displaced people. And so having needing to leave our own homes and having an element of grief that is a, that surrounds that to be able to, to work with girls and women that are in the same situation, even more of a hectic situation than, than us is a real privilege. So 
that is something really special that I'm keeping in my heart and my mind and, and focusing on that because that is going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that your life is in Pemba, right? It's not, it's not like uh, you're just moving from one project to the next. Like this is where you've, you've bought a home and you've bought the property that you use as, as an outreach center for the Liberty project. That's, that's owned. That's not leased. You've really made an investment in that area. So this is a significant, significant move for you guys. Is absolutely huge. Um, you know, we have we're a small grassroots organization, and we've got amazing people that just individuals that partner with us around the world that have helped us um, have a, a little center that we bring the woman into, and helped me uh, have a home there so that we've got our, our roots down deep, and that that is really our foundation. It's our base. It's our home. And so, yes, having having to leave all that is. Um, it's something you can't really explain. It's it's deeply grievous seeing what is happening in this most beautiful part of the world. It's actually, it's extremely infuriating actually seeing what is happening and actually being able to not do a lot about it. Um, it's a really hard process. So yeah, we're leaving our home and we're going to have to start all over again mm-hmm. um, from absolutely from the ground up which buying land looking for land and actually starting to rebuild it's just a huge it feels like a mountain ahead of me but you know with people behind us and it's going to make it possible I believe and it's worth it yeah Yeah. it is it is I'm so excited for you and what's going to happen in in the future for the Liberty Project I really really believe in it and what you're doing and that's one of the reasons I was so keen for us to have this this chat and and get this podcast out so more people can hear about what you're doing over there in Mozambique so you mentioned that you're from New Zealand I'm I'm curious how a a woman from New Zealand ends up working in Mozambique could you take us on that journey (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I feel like you could not have something that is the most polar opposite, New Zealand to Mozambique, Africa. And there are so many days that I'm just like, I am not equipped for this. (laughs) What can a Kiwi girl do? But actually, I feel like being a New Zealander, being so far away from the rest of the world, we're quite a a capable nation. And um, that helps us kind of roll with the punches, if you like. But for me, I guess my journey began back in, well, actually back in 2011, 2011, when my life just changed so much. You know, I had had a really broken past. I um, was an extremely broken woman, young woman that had lost hope, that had lost um, an understanding of my value and my worth through the circumstances that I'd been through in abusive relationships and, um, you know, lots of struggles with with substances and um but a lot of that just hidden beneath the surface and I you know it was like a a time in my life where I encountered God and and actually was really healed and broken all my addictions and uh, became a whole person again and it was like the beginning of a journey that I walked where I began to understand for the first time in my life that actually I have value that I am unique that my identity doesn't lie in all of those past struggles. It doesn't lie in all of the things that actually at the end of the day have no value and no substance, but actually it's that I'm uniquely made and I'm loved and that I've been made with a purpose. And so as I began to understand this and heal from 
um, the things that I had been through, um, I felt really strongly in 2013 it was that um, there was injustice happening in the lives of particularly women and young girls in Africa. And I didn't know which country, but I knew that there was grievous things happening. And I just felt such a strong conviction in my heart that I'd never felt before that something absolutely had to be done and it had to be done now and that I could not wait that I had to act and you know I'm sure a lot of people thought I was crazy because this was the biggest life change for me my background was in radio broadcasting uh, you know media and account management and, and 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 communications and so what can a girl do with that background from New Zealand you know in Africa but I just felt that this was actually what I've been made for and made sense that I'm somebody who will stand up for the underdog, who will fight for the person who hasn't got the courage to fight for themselves. And um, so I stepped out in 2015, I got on a plane and I flew to Mozambique. And um, when I got there, it was a journey for me. You know, this was a huge, huge adjustment, different culture, but I absolutely fell in love with Mozambique. And I remember thinking, I feel like I'm at home. And I'd never experienced that feeling before. I've traveled the world. I've lived in Europe. I have, I've done a lot of traveling and I've never experienced that feeling that this is my heart home before. And um, So that was the beginning of knowing that it was Mozambique that I was to stay in. And um, I started digging. I started saying, all right, well, what, what a woman experiencing in this place? And, and why am I seeing women that have expressionless eyes? You know, why am I seeing a lack of life behind the eyes of women here? there is a deep oppression here but why and my my research led me to finding things out about what young girls go through in, in initiation rite ceremonies from the age of 10 or 11 when these girls um, experience sexual abuse where they are taught specifically by their mothers by their aunties and their grandmothers who are the heads of the families by the way in Mozambique that their purpose that their identity and the purpose of their lives are to give their bodies to men in exchange for anything that they need. That's it. That's the, it comes down, it boils down to that, that what their worth is simply in what they will receive for their bodies. Now, having stepped out of a portion of believing that myself and realizing that my, my worth and my value is, is in things that are far different from that, it broke my heart. It gave me an element of Related, like relatable, relatability. Kind of thing. It gave me an elephant. <laughs> elephant of relatability. <laughs> okay, it gave me an element of being able to relate to these girls and um, just to see that this is not okay. And I, in that moment, felt like God said to me, "Laura, I want you to help establish." true identity in these girls and we're going to see freedom and so I stepped out and I said yes let's do it why not amazing, amazing. <laughs> why would you say no when the freedom of these girls is on the line when you can see precious precious women everywhere you look that are absolutely traumatized uh, by what they have been through and actually they don't know that it can be any different and I think that that is an opportunity that is just so incredible to say, yeah, even if there's one woman that is going to change, that is going to understand that her value lies in other things and that we can be part of developing that, then I am in, count me in. I love it. So I'm thinking <laughs> of people that might be listening to this and 
and think, yeah, I feel that way. I feel like I want to give my life to a cause bigger than myself, something I'm passionate about, something that I feel that's almost bestowed upon me. What was the first step beyond booking a flight to Mozambique? What was the first act that made it feel like, okay, this is the thing to do? I started asking some pretty big questions with obviously my faith. And I, I did really expect, as I do believe in God and I, and I have a faith that God would actually answer me on those things. I wasn't willing to step out like a crazy person and just go. Um, but God was faithful and he confirmed in all those areas. And I, my next step was to find an organization that would actually help me get equipped for that. Because I knew that being that girl that grew up in New Zealand, absolute polar opposite to Africa, that if I didn't get some understanding around cross-cultural um, interaction and, and, and some basics and, and, and a platform to start on, a place to launch from, then I, I would be really floundering. I could actually be quite unsafe and I wouldn't really know what steps to take. So I, I founded an organization that provided some training and I, that was my first step. And that actually took me to the place that, I, that, that we are into today in Tapemba and fell in love with that place. I didn't think I'd stay there. I really did not think that I would stay in Mozambique. From my sheltered view of Africa, I really thought that I'd be going to Kenya or, or Uganda somewhere that I'd heard a lot about growing up but in fact you know the plan was for me to stay in Mozambique and Mozambique is so much more undeveloped than any of those countries that I just mentioned and the work there is so necessary um, so I would just recommend that some people find they know what area their heart is burning for you know which area you're passionate about and if you don't then then go somewhere that you can serve get involved go and volunteer get your feet on the ground Start looking around, see where you fit and actually partner with people who are already in that space because you need a launching pad. And, that, and that's what I did for the first year of my time in Africa. I spent time with other organizations in several locations between South Africa and Mozambique. And I got to know the place. And that was like going back to school for me. So when the time was right, I could step out being a little bit more equipped to do what I felt like I needed to do. That's brilliant. I love that's some really practical advice. I, I, I know how relatively small Liberty Project is, as I've come to understand it in a little bit more detail recently. I wonder if you've got any stories without obviously protecting the identities of, of the girls and women you serve, but perhaps you could share some information about, about their lives and, and what's been going on with them and how you've been supporting them so people can feel a little bit more aware in, in more specific terms, less general terms about like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, sure. Well, the last year, actually, since, since COVID started and hit this world, obviously our operations have been restricted in what we've been able to do. Um, as an organization, we, we focus on small groups of girls. That's, we're not about working with the masses. We believe in walking with individuals and, to really know how someone is, you have to know them. And so relationship is everything. But we have been working with a small group of five women um, that ended up in Pemba that were had fled towns and cities in the north of Mozambique. So that internally displaced women, IDPs. Our focus has been reaching out to those IDPs within our community, our direct community, and inviting them in and saying, you know, we, we are we don't know what we can offer you other than community. We can help educate you in some areas and we can give you some skills, but we really would love to be there for you. 
um, because moving to a new city is scary. Having, of, you know, being uprooted um, in a really traumatic way out of your childhood home in a place that you would generally grow up and, um, and live until you're very, very old, being transported to a new city um, in a situation of war is really scary. So we have been working with four girls and one of the girls that comes to mind she um, has a eight-month-old boy, and when the insurgents came into her town, she, her, and her partner fled, and they fled different directions. And so she literally ran through the bush with her young baby boy on her back, wrapped up in African fabric as they do. And eventually, she made her way to Pemba, where she was able to track down um, some distant relatives and to live with them when I met her I was sitting there and she was sharing with me the story and she was physically trembling and she said to me Laura I don't know where my where my partner is today I don't know if he's dead or if he's alive or if he's joined the insurgents I do not know and I just remember seeing her the turmoil that that she was experiencing and just thinking we have to do something. And so a year, nearly, or at least a year later, this girl is flourishing. You know, we've been able to uh, just wrap our arms around her to, to be a safe space where she can talk with the other girls who have experienced the same thing. We've been able to just speak life over her, um, love her and help equip her in different areas so that she can make an income. She's learned how to sew um, reusable shopping bags and she has a small income through that we're able to support her as well in her living situation she actually got beat up and thrown out by her family on the street um, and this is not an uncommon thing in Mozambique there are tensions are running high in families that are very very poor and have immense pressure on them to receive refugee family members and so we're supporting her and, and getting into her own little house with her son and she will be one of the girls that actually moves with us um, south out of Pemba province um, in the coming weeks as she just, you know, her, her home, her family is the Liberty Project now. And I've seen her go from traumatized and untrusting to somebody who is more joy-filled and knows that she's part of the family. And it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's a privilege to be part of that. I was going to ask how how you draw strength from from what you do that, that gives you cause to keep keep going back and uh, and i suppose it's somewhat encapsulated in that answer you just gave me yeah you know this work is hard work it really is and actually a lot of the time you don't know if you're making a difference when you work with people there's not always a tangible um proof of 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 changes a lot of the times these changes are internal changes and they happen little by little and the little things are actually the big things but it is it is moments like this it is her life that I look at and it's worth it and I remember actually saying in the very early days I said to God if one life is changed if it's just one woman who's who's changed and she'll raise her children differently then it's worth it then I'll do that and you know obviously I have the privilege of working with more than one woman but this one story is what gives the fuel in the tank to be able to keep going. And yeah, it is amazing. You get to see transformation. Yeah. What, what a calling. And I love, I love that you, you've had some highs and lows over the last five years and uh, this process of moving 
five or six hours south and relocating everything i would imagine probably your biggest challenge yet is it oh completely i just sat there the other day and thought how is a girl from new zealand who's not known any conflict in a societal civil level in her life equipped to make this decision and this move this is the hardest thing i've ever had to do feeling like perhaps we're overreacting or maybe we're underreacting and what do you really do because no one knows what tomorrow holds but at the end of the day you just have to realize that that life is the most important thing that um, those who we have got in our project we're responsible for and yeah it's the hardest thing ever we are walking by faith and not by sight because we are like you said a really small project and that means anything like this is just absolutely huge for us financially. It's absolutely huge for us logistically, but it's, um, it's not an option in my heart to, to get up and leave my team there, to get up and leave these girls there. If I go, they go. And um, that's what we have to do. We have to take them out to a safe province where we can go to bed every night knowing that we're safe. We can wake up in the morning and go about our daily work with these girls knowing we're safe. And to me, I guess that is, that's everything. That's really important. So what is the need? What, what do you need at this, this time? I know there's a real financial need for the Liberty Project to, to do this, to relocate, to safeguard its service users and its staff and yourself, Laura. So what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, this is um, still kind of unknown for us. We know that we have to get our team out and we have to look for land. We're moving to quite a rural city. It's undeveloped. And so we will need to purchase our land and to, to build um, housing for our team, for our girls, for our staff, somewhere to immediately house them. And then we have to look at actually in the first step, getting our vehicle up there to be able to actually move the team out so we have just been blessed to be able to buy a secondhand Toyota Land Cruiser which is a big tough car for the roads that we drive on and the elements that we live in and um, we're bringing that across from South Africa part of that is having to legalize it in Mozambique so we're, we're hoping we still need to raise urgently 5,000 US dollars to bring that into Mozambique and register it in the next couple of weeks then we need to get up to Mo up to Pemba and we need to pull out our team and immediately rehouse them somewhere else, which means beginning with piece of land, we put up our tent and we start to build. And so we are trying to raise a total of 13,000 US dollars. So that's $7,000 for the relocation of our staff team and our beneficiaries and the reestablishment there. So emergency housing, emergency food, emergency supplies to get them out of Pember and established in the city that we're traveling to and obviously to get the vehicle across. So we, we really do need the help of people globally. It's not something that we are able to do ourselves. We are not prepared. We have not been prepared to have to relocate the entire organization. It's not, not been something that's even been on our minds except for the last, I would say, five weeks of really heavy discussions. And um, so, yeah, we really need the help. I would ask that if people can, you know, every dollar counts, five bucks, five pounds, five dollars anything everything adds up and and hey if people can share this need with their friends if they can jump online and check out the project on on instagram share our posts it's a team effort i feel like people say how do you eat an elephant bite by bite you know and we need we've got this huge mountain this huge elephant in front of us and we just need people to help take little chunks of this um for us you know and help 
come together. And I, I, I know that together we can do it, but um, alone we, we really can't. So we really need the help of everyone to, to get us there. And I want to definitely support you any which way that I can and, and, and we can with Blue Bear and, and this podcast and this audience. And we're going to really push to see if we can get you, get you closer to that target. When I um, talked at the start about there being a, a sandwich to this podcast with two slices, that, that bottom slice is, is the question that I ask all guests, which is what is your hope, Laura, for the future? That is, that's the clincher, hey? The future is everything. Um, I really hope that we are able to reestablish. And my heart and my plan for this year was actually to establish an artisan workshop where we would teach the girls basket making and how to weave mats and wall hangings and jewellery making and actually establish social enterprise so that the women that we serve that come into our organisation are then given the ability to have employment. Without employment, these girls are vulnerable. They are at risk of further exploitation. They're at risk of being taken advantage of um, by local drug cartels who offer money in exchange for small jobs to be done and end in absolute tragedy. Um, we, we really, I really want to establish this project. So for us, my, my heart right now is to get to safety, get my team to safety, reestablish our work and get this workshop going so that we can supply stores and boutiques with these beautiful products that our girls make and, and be able to share the story of their lives, be able to share the story of hope and amongst war and conflict and hopelessness, to be honest, and just see more girls, including our girls, more girls come into this space and walk out empowered, confident, knowing who they are and that they have bright futures. That's my heart. I love it. Laura, I'm going to close there because I know that we're sort of we're really running our luck with this internet connection and so far it's held strong but thank you so much for for spending this time with me and let's let's keep up the communications I think what we're going to try and do is do a an Instagram live so people can get to know you and your project a bit at some point too so thank you so much for joining us I hope you have a relatively peaceful rest of the day Let's speak soon. And thank you. Thank you again for sharing. What you're doing is amazing. We love you. We want to support you and bless you. And uh, I think you're incredible. Your story is incredible. Your heart is, is enviable in its, in its size and scope. So keep doing what you're doing. And thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you, Bren. What an honor. Thank you so much. Truly. So let's do it, shall we? Let's get the Liberty Project safely relocated and funded to start again, to continue their brilliant, life-giving work. To join them at Ground Zero in Nakala, you can be part of that. Just imagine buying your Christmas presents from the Liberty Project's artisanal workshop this Christmas. How cool would that be? I do not presume to know what your financial situation is like. We all have our commitments and responsibilities, but I know firsthand what it's like to truly rely on the generosity of others. And it's daunting, not to mention the perilous circumstances that Laura and her team are currently facing. 
I don't know if I could do what Laura is doing with her life, but I aspire to be a person of action. And I know you're the same. The action that's needed here is to give generously and wholeheartedly and unreservedly to give whatever you feel led to give. Laura lives incredibly humbly. This money isn't going to a mahogany table for their staff room. There is no middleman taking a slice. This is direct giving and it could not be more acutely needed. We can't all do what Laura is doing, but we can all support her. Blue Bear already has its charities this year, but I want to give to Laura. I want to see this project continue to thrive and I want to know I have done all I can to keep Laura and her team safe. Don't you? I'm not asking you to stop giving to whatever great cause you already support. I'm not even asking you to start a new direct debit with the Liberty Project. What I'm asking is for you to help get Laura and her team to safety. And I make absolutely no apology for asking for this. None whatsoever. I don't do it often, if ever, do I? But I am today. The link is in the show notes. They have a donor box page set up on their website. Thank you. If you want to find out more about The Liberty Project, you can visit their website at www.the-libertyproject.org and follow them on social media at the underscore Liberty Project. Get involved, get invested, get some skin in the game. I know you will and I love you for it. Speak soon. Peace.